You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So here are the sermon series that we've preached this year. So I want to you know, give you a little bit of a reminder. We, we started with follow, you know, and I wanted you to be thinking about that all year. And so this, these sermon series, the sermons we preached to this this week this year have been about that and then DTR in February that was about defining the relationship and not just relationship with God but our relationship that we have with everybody around us and and those things you know we don't just do it our way if we're following him we got to do it his way and but Jesus no matter what the situation is in your life no matter what else is going on no matter what everybody else is saying but Jesus said this but Jesus does this but Jesus' power is this. And, uh, and then what's next? And boy, we spent a lot of time in there. We talked about uh, salvation and unity and, and uh, prayer. And uh, then we talked about uh, the uh, fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, those motivational gifts of the Spirit. We took the test, you know, and all that stuff. We talked, I, I don't know, this was, this was at, I, I don't know, 12, 13 weeks, something like that. It was probably a, a whole quarter, almost the whole summer. And it started back, back in Easter. And then we threw in just, just a little bit. We're coming back to the struggle soon, okay? But we just threw a little bit in there about the struggle is real. The struggle is real, but if we understand and we follow him, we find out that he is even more real than the struggle is that we're, that we're dealing with. And we believe what we believe. We believe that God is sovereign. We believe that we have been chosen. We believe that, uh, uh, that he has blessed us with everything that we need to, uh, to, to, to uh, follow him and to, to fulfill what he has chosen us to do. And we believe in the dream. And uh, then we just finished up thanks living, that we don't, just, we don't just give thanks, but we live thanks. And then starting next week, our Christmas series this year is going to be Christmas lights. And again, all of this, uh, so much of this ties right into following, following Jesus. But here's the thing. I can preach you another whole set. I mean, you, we can stay here all afternoon, and I can preach you all of this all over again. And the messages that Brent and others have preached, we can preach all of those to you all over again this afternoon. But nothing changes until you decide to follow. And to follow, you know, not just, not, not just enough that, you know, you can kind of see or you can kind of feel or, you know, experience a little bit, but follow all the way. I mean, how much do you want? How, how many promises in the Bible do you want in your life? How much power do you want in your life? I mean, when you speak the name of Jesus, do you want to be just somebody that's heard his name speaking it? Or, or do you want to be somebody that... That is, that is prayed up, that is full of his power so that when you speak the name of Jesus, every demon has to pay attention. We, we, have, we have the biggest part to do now because he's already done all the hard part. Now it's up to us to choose to follow. So let's go to John chapter 8, verse 30, I'm sorry, 22. Now, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So he got into a boat with them, with them. He could have gone by himself, couldn't he? He could have paid somebody else to get him across the lake, but he said, let's go. So he got into a boat with them and set out. Jesus doesn't just have places to be. He has places he wants to lead you. He's got, he's got places he wants to take you. He's got growth he wants to see happen in you. Uh, you know, it's like that quote, I, I threw it out last week uh, that um, Max Licato said, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. 
He loves you too much to let you just deal with what you're dealing over and over and over and not somehow bring you deliverance or peace or strength or whatever it is that you need in your life. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become something so much bigger than you probably can even imagine. I mean, many of you, you don't even realize that, you know, I, I heard it again this week. I was watching a, watching a movie, and his, you know, movie was nothing about this, but it's really kind of cool that right in the middle of it, there was this one point about there is, and this guy said, there is so much more inside of you than you realize. And I think, yes, exactly. See, he, he formed you in your mother's womb, and he's already put inside of you all these amazing things. I mean, think about these, all these kids that we have around 2911, right? And, uh, there are talents inside of them that we don't see yet. We don't know which ones can play a keyboard or guitar. We don't know what, which ones can, can speak and just all people. We don't know all the things that, that they're going to do. We don't know who are the artists. We don't know who are the engineers. But they've already got these things inside of them. And the same with you is you've got so much inside of you that even though you're teenagers or adults, Every one of you has stuff still inside of you that is yet, yet to be found. And, and I know you're saying, well, no, you're, you know, you're not as old as me, Pastor. You know, my time is passing. No, no, no. Even I, I believe that there are, I believe there are people older than me in this room that still have gifts they have not yet found inside of them that he has put there. He wants to take you somewhere, but you have to decide to go. Okay, now, now listen, in this scripture right here, uh, and, and you can read the rest of the story. And I'm not going to read the rest of the story. I'm going to read one more verse in a few moments. But, but my point is not about the whole story. It's about this following thing, okay? And so I really don't want to get into the story part and, and because I, w I just want you to get this follow thing. Is there, In this story, we're never told why Jesus wants to go across the lake. Now, there is something that happens on the other side of the lake, okay? But as far as you can tell, if you read the story, there's no reason for the disciples to go because what Jesus does, there's a miracle on the other side of the lake. What he does, the disciples aren't a part of. So why would Jesus tell them to go? Because, see, here's the thing. I believe through my experience and through my years, I, I'd, I'd say, I'll go ahead and say it, through my decades of observation as a pastor and in prayer and in prayer with other people, I will say Jesus doesn't just plan. Jesus orchestrates. That when he does something... He doesn't just do something for Clarence. He is doing something for Clarence. It's going to touch this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, whenever it happens. You know, think, think about it. I was thinking about what's a good story in the Bible to illustrate this. I thought that moment where Jesus is, is hauled before Pilate. You know, his last night alive here on the earth, and before they crucify him the next day, he's hauled before Pilate. Okay, so now he's standing before Pilate. Pilate has a decision to make. What am I going to do with this man? His wife has a dream that night. She says, don't have anything to do with this man. Don't, don't sentence him to death. So she has said, this is going to impact Pilate. It's going to impact his wife. But you know what? Those people out there in the crowd, many of them were crying out Hosanna last week, and now they're crying crucify. And there are others maybe that aren't crying out crucify yet, but they're standing there, and they're hearing all these people yell crucify, and they've got a decision to make too. Those Roman soldiers... They have a decision to make of what they're going to do. Those two thieves, one crucified on either side of them, they had a decision to make. You see, this whole night, I mean, it could have been done a whole lot of different ways. But the way Jesus orchestrated this whole thing is that it was impacting everybody. And that's what he does. And, and when he does something, it impacts everybody. And he's thinking about all these things. And, you know, I thought about uh, there, was a, there was a time that we're told about in the Old Testament where, where 
God does a miracle where he turns the earth back. Do you know what, ha what would happen? You know how fast the earth is revolving? You know what would happen if, if God just stopped it? I mean, every building in the world would fall over. Every, every ocean would slosh out on top of the continents. We'd all be wiped out. But he didn't just stop it. He, had to, he was backing it up. That was part of the He backed it up. And when he did this, you know, think about what he had to do. He, he had to have his hand on every building, every person, every person. Every bit of the oceans that are in the, all the water in the oceans, he had to have his hand on all of it. That's why I say Jesus doesn't plan, he orchestrates. That every detail in every person's life, he's not going to do something here and not know how it's going to impact you over there. He knows this. And so when he says, let's go to the other side, he had a plan. He had a plan. Now, I, you know, I don't yet know maybe what the plan is for your life, but what is the plan for these guys' lives? I believe he was giving them, they didn't have to go, he could have done the miracle without them, but I believe he was giving them a growth opportunity, okay? And let me say this about growth opportunities, personal growth. Uh, I think my next slide, I hope it's the next slide, right? There we go. Personal growth requires opportunities outside your norm. Personal growth, now listen, I'm not talking about growth in in your lane you know your lane of uh, of talents and abilities and passions like if you're a guitarist you know you 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 play you study you watch other people play you learn riffs from other people all those kinds of things you just get better and better and better in your lane but a personal growth opportunity comes outside of your lane you may have heard it this way growth only happens when you get outside of your comfort zone that's kind of what i'm saying here and so when God gives you an opportunity to, to, to operate outside of your lane, you need to take it because we're talking about the difference in being a guitar player and being someone who really impacts people's lives. The difference in being someone where that people say, oh, that was awesome, and people say, man, you blessed me. The difference in speaking a message where everybody laughs and has a great time and the message where everybody says, that challenged me today, and I've got to do something with that. Personal growth opportunities, or they require opportunities. Personal growth requires opportunities that are outside of, of your comfort zone, but outside of your norm. And so when you get those, and you know, we, we get these all the time, and I hear people say, oh, well, that, that, you know, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. Oh, maybe we're going to come back to this in a few moments. Let me just say real quick, that's your opportunity. When you see a need that isn't who you are, but you can feel it. That's your opportunity to grow, maybe not as a, as a musician or a speaker or, or, or an artist or whatever, but it's your opportunity to grow as a person, to do something that you've never done. That's what Jesus was giving them. He carried them across the lake so they would have this, this opportunity to grow because it was outside of their norm. Right. Now, who was living on the other side of the lake, Okay. Let's think about that. You ever think about that kind of stuff? I mean, when you read the Bible, do you ever think about that? Well, who lived across the lake? That, now, now, this lake, it's part, it was part of the, the Jordan River Basin. And if you look on the map, it just goes, you know, down pretty much north to south. And it kind of cuts off most of Palestine from everything else over here. You know, what's on the east side of this, this lake that is part of the, the Jordan River Basin? What is, what is over here? Who lives over there? Why did Jesus say, let's go over here? Why, what is different over there? There were some differences. Here's who lived on the other side of the lake. Is, first of all, there were a lot of non-Jews living over there. 
a lot more non-Jews on the other side of the R Jordan River Basin than there were on the west side of the Jordan River Basin. So what, what they were doing is Jesus was taking them to a place where there weren't as many maybe uh, you know, Jewish followers of the law as they had all grown up around. Think about that now, guys. Think about that. He was taking them to a place where they were going to be around people that didn't believe like they believed. Maybe they had heard it. And most people in, in our communities have heard about Jesus, right? They know about the Bible. They may even own one, but do they really understand? And just in the same way, so, you know, I just see this picture of, of us today that he wants sometimes to get us across the lake that we, that we you know, we spend most of our time in our holy huddles, right, you know? We want to be with our best friends, you know? We want to be with, you know, we got this thing we do at the end of every service. You ever see the five-minute countdown on the screen? If not, hopefully you'll see it this, this week, okay? And, and this is a five-minute challenge. We challenge you to not talk to anybody in that first five minutes that you're going to talk to later this week. You know, and, and even tell your best friends, so wait, i got to go talk to some other people. You know, because there are pe the people that are, are hurting out here that you don't know that need somebody to just speak to and let them know that, hey, that's what this is about. We want to be around our best friends. We want to be around people like us, right? I mean, we want to be around people. You know, I, I mean, you're going to probably in your little holy huddles after church, maybe not holy huddles, maybe football huddles, you know, talk about the game yesterday. And you're probably going to be in an orange and blue group or a red and white group, right? You know, and we're going to, you know, we want to be around people like us. But Jesus was carrying these disciples across the Jordan River, the lake, to get them into a place where they were around people that weren't like them. We want to be around people. I mean, listen, this is human nature, but we want to be around people of the same social status or above, the same financial status or above. Most of us don't want to be around people that, I mean, that's just human nature, around people that are poorer than us, that don't have as much as us. And, and yet, where are the needs at? You know, the needs are in those. And if you're someone of, of, of status or you're someone of, ability, uh, of means, then that's exactly maybe where God wants you to be, to be able to connect with you. I mean, what do I hear people say all the time? What do I hear Christians say all the time? When I start talking about evangelism, what do you think I hear? The, the number one excuse. I don't know anybody that doesn't go to church. That's what Jesus was doing. I'm going to get you out of church today. We're going across the lake to where somebody is. We need to meet somebody. If you don't know somebody that doesn't go to church, then you need to meet somebody. We need to get out of these holy huddles. We need to, it doesn't mean that we leave them forever. Just five minutes is what we say on Sunday morning because we need to connect with people and we need to connect in the same way outside of these four walls. That's, that's what Jesus was doing here. But there, was, there were some Jews on this other side of the lake. And, you know, how did they end up on the other side of the R Jordan River Basin? Now, wait a minute, Jordan River, that sounds familiar, right? That when they were entering the Promised Land... The Jews, okay, they end up in Egypt. Now, God has promised them this land. He promised it to Abraham, then to his son Isaac, to his son Jacob. And then he, God later changed Jacob's name to Israel. And, uh, and he kept promising it to all of them. But they found themselves in Egypt, and they were slaves. And God delivers them, and so, and so they follow God out of slavery, and they get to the Jordan River. And guess what? Some of them say, we don't want to go in over there. We, we kind of like this on the east side of Jordan. Now, there's a whole story there to tell you, but I don't have time to tell you that story. They just wanted to stay on this side. Now, they did go and help them a little bit, but then they came back and they lived on the east side. But, you know, the Midrash, it's really interesting. Um, 
And th this is kind of like uh, some of the writings, you know, not, that aren't scripture, but they're some of the, the, the other histories and, and uh, you know, just the traditional things that they pass down. The Midrash says that many of those that chose to stay on the east side, when they went over and helped everybody, you know, take over the west side, they said, man, I wish we hadn't chosen the east side because just a little bit of this looks better uh, than a whole lot of that over there. Is they realized, here, here's what they did. Give me the answer to this. They followed out of captivity, but not all the way into God's promises. That's who these Jews were on the other side of the lake, that, that Jesus was taking the disciples to meet, see, get to know, minister to. I don't, I don't know what all they got to do while they were over there. I mean, if you read it, it almost sounds like they were only there about 10 minutes because, you know, that's, we, we forget there's a whole lot of things that go into the stories that aren't written down. They may, have, they may have been there for a little while. We don't know why Jesus took them over there, but they, that's the people they met. Okay, again, it's not just those out there that have never heard and never come. We've got a lot of people around us, Christians, who they followed Jesus enough to get out of their sin, but they're still not living in a promised place. And let me ask you this. What does this story say to you? How, how, do, you, how do you feel? How, how, how do you experience? see this and, and explain it in your life does it sound too familiar does it resonate with your life but not in a good way that you've accepted forgiveness of your sins you've allowed grace to, to wash away all your sins but it's hard for you to look at your life and say I'm living promise because you say I, I, you know, I'm really not I mean some of you say pastor I'm not really living promise I'm not living in this a, a place of promise like, like they had available to them. I mean, and if, they, if that's, that's where you are, then, then I, I challenge you today to listen to these messages and listen to others, to find whatever it takes to, to get up and, and to start following again. These people followed far enough that they got out of their captivity. You and I would say our sin, but they didn't follow enough to live the promise to be in the full promise of what it was. And, and that's what I see so many of us doing. I see so many people outside of 2911 doing. It's like we've, we've, we've accepted salvation, but man, there is so much more that is there. Jesus didn't die just so you could be forgiven of your sins and one day have eternal life. He died so you could have life abundantly right here, right now. Life of love and joy and peace. Does that, does that describe your life? If it doesn't describe your life, then there's a promise you have not yet taken. You know, here, so I think Jesus either took them across the lake to minister to and meet these people or whatever, or perhaps he took them across the lake as a visual lesson to them. Don't follow me just far enough to get forgiven and not follow me into the promise. Then how do I follow into the promise, Pastor? We, you know. I probably don't have to tell you, but I will, okay, just to make sure. But you know all these things that I'm about to say to you, okay? Spiritual disciplines. Just the things. Read your Bible. Daily, okay? <laughs> don't read it and say, you know, I read it last week, last month. Read your Bible daily. You know, because you read a whole lot of other stuff, you need to make sure you're filling this with the Word of God at least as much as you're filling with all that other crap out there so you can judge it. Read it. And read it in a way to hear what he is saying. Pray. Pray without ceasing or pray constantly. As in be in a constant state 
of communication with God. And not just you telling him, but you stopping for a moment and listening to what he has to say. And the third thing is Sabbath, taking a break. We don't take breaks anymore. You ever look around? You ever see people taking a break anymore? No, they got their phones out, right? Anybody sitting still for more than 15 seconds, they got to get their phone out and do something. You know, and, and, and if I don't, you know, if I'm bored with everything I've got on here, I've got to download another app to do something else, right? We've got to find some, some way to keep ourselves busy. And, and God gave us, all the way back in Genesis, he gave us this instruction. Look, I, I, God says, I worked six days and took a day of rest. So I want you to do the same thing. Take some time. God can't talk to us because we're too busy. We've got too many things going on. We, got, we have to stay so busy that we don't have any time. We need to find our place of Sabbath, of rest. Our moment, our time, and cut that out. And that leads us right into, into worship, right? Public worship, uh, private worship, and corporate worship. We need to do both. And in, and in corporate worship, when we glorify him, worship, honor, praise him, thank him for all the things he's done, and then also get challenged by a sermon out of the word. We need those things. And then serving. Serving. And we, we've kind of already talked about this, right, a little bit, serving? Because when we serve, you know, we're many times working outside of our lane outside of our norm outside of our comfort zone and those are the times we can really grow in following him so we serve for that reason we give and we give and and, and you know human nature is not to say hey I want to give I mean if there's something inside of you that says I want to give it's because of a DNA that you've got from him you don't get that from other people you get it from him you might get it from your parents if, if they were Christians you know but you don't really get that from humanity that's not our way is to be givers but when we follow him we start giving and, and and if we don't have giving hearts then we need to just push ourselves to give anyway and to just open ourselves up to these these all these opportunities and the last one i'll throw at you is fellowship we need to be together you know i say i say this from time to time i throw it into a sermon i'm throwing it in again today there are too many christians today who wake up on sunday morning and say, well, you know, I don't really need to go today. Everything's going fine. I don't need to pray. You know, I, I've, been, I've, I've been praying a lot this week. I, I'm good. But that's not the only reason we come, because there are people in this room. I mean, think about it. If, if, only the people, if the people only showed up who needed something today, who would show up? You know, but there are people here who do need, and that's the reason. I, I, I'm not here because I need something from God today. I'm here because somebody else needs something from God today. And there are many of you that you, you understand that and you've gotten it. But if you haven't got that, you need to understand there are people here. And that's why when, when that five-minute countdown goes up, you've got to say, wait a minute, there's somebody here. And to tell your best friend, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't talk to you right now. you got to go back here and speak to some people. You know, because there's somebody that needs me today. And then in all that listening and when you're listening to God and all those things, it's when he starts telling you, go here, go there, go there. And he develops you and you become the person. And you start living in the promises. You know, think about it this way. How many of you prayed, before you got married, you prayed for your spouse? Now, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. But how many prayers have you prayed since then for your spouse? You know what? I ask that question of people, and you know what? I, I don't get an answer that pleases me, and I, so I'm pretty sure it don't please God. And no wonder the state of so many marriages in our country is in such disarray. We prayed for a spouse, but we didn't pray to be the spouse that we need to be for somebody else. Or what about our finances? We pray for that job, right? How many of you ever prayed for a job? Don't have to raise your hand. But then what do we do after we get that job? Like I said last week, we start cursing the blessing, right? We get a blessing of a job, and it's not too long until we start seeing the problems with this job. 
You know, and so then we start cursing the blessing instead of saying, thank you, for the, God help me make this better than it is. You know, all of those things in our life, all those areas, all those places, that's where God wants to take us. Listen, you don't know this, um, so I want to tell you this morning. The last four months, 29-11, we have spent really pushing leadership development. We have been, we've been working with our leaders. Our leaders have been applying themselves to leadership development. We've got, we got about three sources that we're just, and, and I asked them this back in August. I said, I need you to give me this, 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 because we're going to develop, our, develop ourselves as leaders. And they said, yes, they were up to it, and they, we've been doing it. And we got, we got just a little bit more of this left to do, and then we're, we're going we're gonna to hit the ground running in January and start taking our, taking our ministries, our ministry teams, into a, into a, 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 different, a, to a different level. And we've been working on this for the last four months. I want you to know that. I want you to know that you're a leader. So when you see a leader, you say, well, how would they get that job? Well, I don't know how they got that job, but the way they're still in that job is because they said, yes, I want to develop and I want to become the leader God wants me to be. But leaders aren't the only people who have something awesome to do for Jesus. We say it around here all the time at 2911, right? Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. How do I find that awesome thing? Because some of you haven't found it yet. Well, let me tell you. Here's the first step. Be a warm body. You know, how many of you can be a warm body? Anybody? Is anybody? Uh, somebody take names. Let's find out. Who, who can be a warm body? Because we need some warm bodies around here. Let me, let me tell you something. Awesome. Is that that word up there? Awesome. Being a warm body don't sound like awesome, does it? You know, the last time I was asked to play the drums in public, I got to tell you, it was not awesome. <laughs> I was a warm body. You know, let me tell you, it was adequate, okay? It was adequate. Uh, and you know I hadn't played in years I hadn't practiced or anything and I was just asked and so they said just show up and meet us for a little bit of practice we practiced a little bit you know and and you know that that was it and I was like you know that okay I was adequate you know why, why I was adequate because the pianist that I was playing alongside of was awesome because the bass player was awesome because the singers were awesome all I had to do was be adequate and I was adequate you know, and, th and then th the same thing happened. I got asked to play the bass. I got asked to play the bass, and they didn't even let me practice before I was supposed to play the bass. I hadn't played the bass in years. I mean, I, I, because of lack of practice, I was way past my prime, okay? I was just barely adequate. And again, you know why? Because, because I was surrounded by awesome musicians. My adequate was enough. Same thing happened with last time I was asked to play the keyboard, you know, in public. Now, you know, sometimes somebody might ask, play this song or something, but, I, you know, I don't play anymore, you know, so I'm past my prime. And, but you know what? I was adequate because the people around me were awesome, and they could do all that. All I had to do is just the basic stuff. I was, I was what I call a warm body. And you know what? Every ministry in this church and every church in this world needs warm bodies, and if you don't know what your awesome thing is, to do is, if you hadn't discovered it yet, then be a warm body somewhere. Because you know what, what's happening when you're being a warm body? You're developing the rest of that stuff in your life that God needs to take you to the promise. You're developing that. Not just developing your talents that you're going to use, that you're going to be a part of, that you know, you're going to be awesome at, but you're developing those adequate things where you're a warm body. Every ministry team in this church needs warm bodies right now. And if you don't know what, your, what your, your place of awesome is, then be a warm body. Tell me after. I, I'm ready to be a warm body, Pastor. Tell me. I, I, got, I got team leaders that love to have a warm body do something because we all need 
But don't stop there. You must. The next part of that is you must. Make sure. I'm sorry. Hit it twice. Make sure to find your awesome thing to do for Jesus. You got to do that. You must find it. You must go after it. You, you can't be a warm body for the rest of your life. I think that's what a lot of people think they're doing on Sunday morning. I, I'm, I'm coming just to be a warm body on Sunday morning. You can't just be a warm body for the rest of your life if you want to be in a promise. The promise is somewhere else. You've got to find that. Also. There are people in this room. And, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to God about this. And I said, God, am, am, am I saying there are probably people? And I just felt the unction. You know what an unction is? All, all of you husbands know, ought to know what an unction is. An unction is when your wife gives you an elbow. That's an unction, okay? I felt an unction from the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> am I just saying, you know, there are, peop- there are probably people in this room that are going to do awesome things and I felt an unction from the Holy Spirit to say no you get to this part in the sermon go ahead and just prophesy so I'm going to speak it I'm going to speak it in faith and believing that there are people in this room that are going to impact more lives than you can ever imagine there are people in this room who are called to impact kids lives and they haven't figured out how, but you are going to impact kids' lives for eternity. There are people in this room who are going to put their marriages back together. Hear me. There are people in this room who are going to put their marriages back together. There are people in this room who God is going to bless you financially so that you can be a blessing financially. You know, and I've seen so many people that they, they just always have to have help. They always have to have help. You know, and one of the things I pray for them is I pray God bless them so much that they can stop being the receiver and they can start being one of the givers. I'm speaking that over. There's some people in this room that God is going to bless you financially so that you can bless others financially. These are the things. And God is going to call some of you to do things that I, I, I can't even imagine right now. It's in you. It's in you. And all you've got to do is decide nothing else matters except following Christ in all of the things in my life thanks for listening to the church 2911 sermons podcast if you have a need we would love to pray with you you can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church 2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911 You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.